0: Yo. Yo, yo, Shots
1: fire for sake,
0: fire. for toxic.
1: You shots, FIRED
2: shots fire, shots, shots for fox sake,
1: fire, for toxic,
0: you shots, fired, yeah. shots, fired, yeah. shots fired, for
3: What's good people, Jasanga Malaya here, and yes, I'm sure you're shocked to be hearing my voice doing the introduction for this week's episode of Shots Fired, but I mean, it's a new year, new things, you've got Chinese things or whatever, but don't count on this uh, being a <laughs> weekly thing. I think the sweet dulcet tones of mix to Michael Morgan works a lot better with uh, the introduction to the podcast. So we've got a lot to talk about this, uh, this week. There's been Card announcements galore and what have you. But um, before that, I want to take it back to uh, UFC. Well, the first UFC card of, of the uh, of the year. G- Giga Chikadze. I butcher his name every time I try to say it. Giga Chikadze against Calvin Cater. And that emphatic performance that Calvin put in. Well, people, I think you're quite rightly going to have to crucify Mr. Michael Morgan because I'm putting him on blast. He didn't watch that fight. He didn't watch that fight. So, Mr. Morgan, what, what say you to the people? What say you on the, the first fight card of the year? You couldn't even watch the re, uh, the recording the next day. You
4: know something? Um, I tried to stay awake on the, uh, the Saturday night. And those first few, I have to say, they kind of like put me to sleep, put me to sleep in such a permanent manner. And it made me think, you know what? I'll catch up with it next day. And that next day kind of like just rolled over into the next day when you got kids, you will know this, soon enough, when you have kids, man, they do take up your weekend. So I I never got around to actually seeing it, but by all accounts, this was a serious beating that was actually, um, well, meted out. And uh, well, I guess it's down to you then to, to knowledge me. What did I miss? Yeah, you missed a, a pretty. Barring a,
3: uh, well, I, I don't want to say I don't I don't want to downplay Giga's uh, Giga's Giga's uh, what's the word I'm looking for his uh, his body of work in the first round. But I felt that um, bar bar, bar, bar the first round it was all Calvin K. It was all kept Cal- like he was just putting constant pressure. You yourself, the long student of uh, combat sports, know what does a puncher do to negate a kicker you put pressure on them you cause the distance you you keep them on the back foot so they can't so they can't kick unless there is some barboza who can throw that switch kick like out of out of any situation whatsoever and that's what he did and he he pieced him up man and i think it was around the the third or fourth round where he started utilizing elbows that and I'm sure you saw the uh the picture of Giga the, the, the following day he had multiple el- multiple lacerations on his face from numerous elbows it was uh it was a great performance from Calvin and I think that's testament to um to my belief that if you're a fighter who takes uh who's on the receiving of a beating like cater was a, a year to the day I think it was a year to the or was 364 uh, days. <clears throat> Since his uh his, his beatdown at the at the hands of Max Holloway that you have to take time off. Too often we've seen fighters um, who have, t- have taken in a lot of damage jump in there far too quickly, and then it's at their absolute detriment. I think one name that comes to mind when I think of that is Michael Bisping. You remember he, although he didn't take an obscene amount of damage against George St Pierre, he was he was obviously concussed in that fight in George St Pierre with the counter left hook after the uh, the fake of the takedown, and then you saw. And when you saw uh he fought Kelvin Gassam, I think it was two weeks later, two and a half yeah. weeks later. Then yeah, yeah that that we, we see Michael Bisman take uh, stronger shots than that and his chin hold up. So I think that it, it rings true that if you're a fighter, you should, like and you take a lot of punishment in a fight like that. Take a minimum of eight months off to a year to get yourself better. But Anyway, people didn't come here for our thoughts on or uh, versus Chikadze. I actually said it right there. When, when, I, when I don't think about it, I actually can rattle off his name uh, pre- pretty well. But don't give me any other Georgian names or what have you, because I'll probably absolutely butcher it. But moving on, there have been some uh, big developments in the, in, in particular in the European uh, mixed martial arts scene. And in particular for us in here in the UK, I mean... We've been starved of events uh, barring Bellator London last October for the last nearly th- nearly three years. And like mana from the gods, uh, Bellator and uh, the UFC have delivered. Obviously, Bellator made the announcement first that they'll be returning to the SSC Wembley Arena on May 13th, I believe it's Friday, May 13th. Uh, it's the day before I meant to actually have a amateur uh, white collar Muay Thai fight, so. Wow. You yeah, yeah. Quite. We yeah. will come down and spectate. No, no, you don't want to see that shit. <laughs> but, but anyway, and then uh, the UFC today on Tuesday, but obviously you guys will be getting this on Wednesday. Uh, well, not what day, but on, on Wednesday, you guys will be getting this on Thursday. My, my, my head's frazzled, my head's frazzled. But anyway. Too much sparring. The UFC (laughs) UFC announced that they will be making their long-awaited return to the English capital for their 12th visit after a three-year hiatus. Before we get into UFC London, Mike, I want to talk about the Bellator card. Obviously, we know that Michael Brandon Page will be fighting the undefeated uh, Sambo champion, Ukrainian Sambo champion in Yaroslav Amosov. What's your thoughts on the fight so far and the prospect of this being a, a very big card? Because... From uh, from what you've been told as well, there'll also be another big name addition from the UK scene added to the card.
4: Well, <clears throat> as they say in the trade, um, sources close to the actual fighter and fight camp have actually told me that um, this will be the last chance we get to see in person, up close and personal. Paul Semtex Daily. I don't know where he will appear on the card, but I do happen to know that he will be appearing on the card and this will be his farewell fight. Now, for me, having followed Paul Daly from his uh, UFC days, I didn't actually get the pleasure of um, following him from Cage Rage days, but certainly from uh, his UFC days. He's someone who I've watched very, very closely. He's someone who's exciting. He's someone who has knockout power, um, particularly with that left hook. He's a personable individual, and I do remember um, a particular incident where I went up to do some filming with him, and he was actually drowning in flu, and I was quite insistent that I make my own way to, it was a a and that I was staying in, because as I say, overnight, um, I just finished filming with him, and he was in no state to actually continue the journey, but Paul being Paul, and he said to me, Nottingham's not a place that you actually walk around by yourself at night, Mike. So I'll never forget that. As bad as his uh, temperature was, and as bad as the coughing and the spluttering was, he made sure that I got straight to the door. I mean, we, we spent about half an hour looking for this place because it wasn't on any map. Uh, and we, we, we were finding it with great difficulty. But I'll never forget that being um, one of the like lasting memories of Paul. He's a very personal individual, he's a very caring individual, despite what he gives over as a persona, despite uh, what he gives over in terms of his cage um, time and the foes that he's actually dispatched. So it's going to be a real pleasure to actually see him um, for the last time in the cage. And um, from what I'm hearing, um, no opponent has actually been decided on as yet, hence the reason why I wanted to bring this to the table this week. Who do you feel that Paul Daly should actually face in his farewell fight? For me, I would like to see him honor his promise to Lorenz Larkin. Again, I have no intel on this. This is just the personal um, take in terms of who I would like to see him actually clash with only because This has been going backwards and forwards between himself and Lorenz Larkin because he promised a rematch. Considering how devastating the knockout was and the finish was, he promised Lorenz Larkin that he would actually give him an opportunity to actually get uh, possibly uh, a rematch. So I'd like to see that honoured. I'd like to see that bout actually come to fruition. And I think given how exciting both men are, given how... Um, the striking prowess of both men, and I will be a stand-up war, will be a stand-up battle. Um, I'd like to see that happen. Yeah. How about yourself,
3: you know, you know what? That, that 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 fight makes sense. That 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 really does. Although I think I think it's just a testament to uh, <laughs> to Paul's kind-hearted nature, which a lot of people don't see because they just see the um, they they just, they just see the side of Paul when when after he gets a bit agitated. And they uh, they see the man from Shottingham come out, if you know, and <laughs> yeah, that 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 left hook, I still believe is probably probably the greatest left hook in all of mixed martial arts in the history of mixed martial arts. And if people wanna contest that, you can come mention come at me in my mentor and mentions her, or what have you. But yeah, I, I I don't know who like other than Lorenz, who I'd like him to like him to fight. I mean, would you uh, Well, and you say where, given where he is at his career, but I mean, yeah, I know he lost to Jason Jackson in June, but Jason Jackson is a very, very, very underrated fighter. I mean, he's a a, a training partner, long-time training partner of of Gilbert Burns, and Gilbert Burns uh, credits credited him with uh, his success in uh, the fight with Wonderboy not not too long ago. And then if you go back to that, who did he fight before? He knocked out um, Sabah Hamasi, who's no who's no slouch as well. So I mean. (laughs) <laughs> although he's retiring or, or he's, he, he plans to uh, hang him up soon, he's still showing that he can, he can put up a good fight with these young bucks. He, he still mm. can. And he's by no means old. How old is Paul? He's 38. And I mean, in mixed martial arts terms, that's... That's well, young. That's young. Exactly. Ex- exactly. And maybe, obviously, I mean, Paul has had, what, I believe 63 professional mixed martial arts fights.
4: Something ridiculous. Something, something ridiculous
3: like yeah. that. I mean, there's only so much you can do something, uh, especially something that's so taxing in the body for, for so long before, A, your body gives out, and B, you mentally check out. But going back to
4: the opponent, opponent oh,
3: man. Is um, is Andre Koreshkov still kicking about Bellator?
4: From what I gather, he is, and in terms of the rankings, if I remember rightly, they are right next to each other. So that would be a, a really tasty uh, matchup. I, I do like your matchmaking there.
3: Yeah, man, that'd, that'd be, that'd be, that'd be good, a good fight and Koreshkov would actually stand and strike with him. Unlike uh, unlike John Fitch, you know. But maybe <laughs> maybe John Fitch, bring, no, no, do not do that. <laughs> do, not, do, do not bring John Fitch back now. Um, no, if it's, I'd probably say. Oh well, well, saying that actually, Koreshkov lost to Lorenz Larkin himself, but he beat Sabah Hamasi, who beat what you call him, who beat Paul. But uh, Koreshkov is going to be fighting in February. He's going to be fighting in like the, on the nineteenth. The card, the card, the, the card, the weekend before the Dublin card. If he comes out of that, then potentially maybe I'm I'm sure the Bellator matchmakers have uh, have looked at that as, as a possibility. But if not, Lorenz Larkin. But again, I really don't see why he had to give him. Well, he was too honorable. It's too it's too honorable giving him a, a rematch. I mean, he, he he put him out put him out with ease. There was no the, the the stoppage wasn't contentious whatsoever. There wasn't any other contentious moments in the fight. So. Yeah, but, I mean, Koreshkov or Lorenz Larkin, I'd be more than happy to uh, to see those fights. But I'll just be happy to see Paul fight once more because, I mean, although he's only 38, yeah, one could say that he's an OG of the, of the UK MMA fight scene. I mean... 100%. Yeah, and can you believe already that it's... Um, that fight with Josh Koscheck was 12 years ago now? Wow. 12 years ago, I believe. Yeah, I think if my math is correct... Okay, let me uh, let me do a quick search here. Um, da, da, da.
4: But just to just to whilst you're doing that, just to um, answer a question, which I feel that you you know the answer to the reason why you know something between him and Lorenz Larkin would be so fitting, because it kind of like underpins what I was saying at the beginning about Paul being a warrior, Paul being the ultimate warrior. And in terms of chivalry and in terms of um, just being a solid guy, a solid dude, uh, an all-round nice guy, that kind of like plays to that narrative. Okay, he has to put on, to a certain extent, a a facade, a persona, and the, this sort of like armor of God, as it were, by way of kind of like a, a personality. But... You know, deep down, he is a very, very solid dude. He is a very nice guy and an honorable guy. And if he promised Lorenz Larkin that rematch, I could see that actually coming to fruition. Put it this way, I want to will that into existence because (laughs) I I just want to see him go out, you know, basically guns blazing and fists swinging.
3: Yeah, I'd I'd, I'd love that fight. And yeah, so I have got it up here. Josh uh, obviously it was a unanimous decision loss to Josh Koscheck at UFC 113 on the 8th of May 2010 8th of May wow. 2010 it is baffling it's absolutely baffling to and almost almost unprecedented to uh, <clears throat> to think that he's still uh, after after that fight like I, I i for one well, maybe i i jumped the gun when i when i initially thought this but i was like this guy's career is essentially over if you know if you know what i mean because obviously the yeah. <clears throat> of, of the sport. Uh yeah, he had he had to take some short fights, I believe, in Impact FC, and then she, he fought on Shark Fight. Do you remember yep. Shark Fights back yes. in the back in the day? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then obviously he got into to Strike Force. And he was uh I think he was moonlighting between strike force and uh and, and Bama. So I think, I think he, must was, he must have been signing one or two fight contracts with there uh, here here and there. But when he fought Koshek, his record was twenty nine, no, twenty three nine and two. At this moment in time, how many wins does he have? Paul Daly has forty three professional mixed martial arts wins to his name. That is insane. That is absolutely insane. He's like he's, well, that he's had that schedule and he's picked up so many wins. Obviously, yes, he's had losses as as well. That I mean, that's part and parcel of, of mixed martial arts. But to am still- I right in
4: thinking that he's got thirty two knockouts? in his career wins as well 34 34 34,
3: wow more more respect in the name of mr semtex daily yeah so there
4: you go absolutely that guy who lives up to his name explosives in that left hook man explosives
3: yeah i mean like who else is showing this kind of longevity over that amount of time period who like who has had similar amount of fights in the sport i can't think of anybody else
4: unprecedented you're right he is a trailblazer in terms of his achievements his knockouts and just personality as well over well the, the 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 10 years that i've known him he hasn't waned in terms of his ability to draw especially when you look at fights like you know diaz i mean that is hands down for me one of the most electric fights i've ever seen it's absolutely phenomenal
3: yeah, I still regularly watch it, even though I know for well what was going to happen. <laughs> do do you do, do know what I mean? But uh, yeah, hopefully, like hopefully, well, as as you say, Paul ends up in the card. I'd like to see him. I'd like to see Bellator give him the co-main event slot. That I think I think his uh, his uh, his standing in the sport and his body of of work over the years is is deserving of of, of that send off. But, uh, yeah, hope, hopefully we see her. either Koreshkov or Lorenz Larkin for me. Yeah, I do like, although I'm kind of leaning to more more towards the, the Larkin one, you know, more as you twist my arm. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, headline of the card is uh, Mr. Michael Venom Page taking on Yaroslav Amosov, undefeated combat world, uh, combat symbol world champion, and I think, I believe he's 26-0 or 20, yeah, 26 and 0. I caught up with MVP earlier today, actually, um, on Wednesday, which will be Thursday for you people listening. And we we chopped it up about the fight and uh, the fight with Douglas Lima, the contentious nature of it. So check it out and then hit us in the ads and mentions, let us know what you think about what Mr. MVP said. First and foremost, obviously, you've got a big fight coming up on May May 13th. But before yeah. that, I want to, before we talk about that, I want to go back to um, the, the the fight with Douglas Lima in, in London. Now, personally, I scored the the fight three rounds to two for you, but there was a lot of uproar on social media. I'm sure you, you yourself saw about it. How would you assess your performance out overall uh, that night and overall what did you make of I don't want to say like the backlash but what did you make of people questioning the, the victory
0: yeah remember you're always going to get um, I've got a lot of people that don't that want that don't want me to do well a mm-hmm. lot of people that want me to do well It's was going to get conflicting views on it uh, I do believe even in the moment for like I won two rounds um, uh, which gives me the win I don't think he did enough uh, what while I was, even when he got a takedown, while I was on my back, I don't think he did enough mm-hmm. to win any round. Didn't really land much at all. Um, yeah, it literally didn't do much. I'm like, you can't just score it on the takedown. And I, I feel like the sport has progressed a lot more oh, yeah. to the point that you have to be doing something after I've, you know, achieved a takedown. I have to be do, I have to be doing something with it. It's almost like if we were just scoring the stand up side of it and I was pressuring, let's say I'm pressuring my opponent, pressuring them back, they're moving back, they're moving back, they're moving back, and I don't do anything, I don't land anything. Yes, I get a, a little bit of a plus for the pressure, but you have to then, you know, deliver strikes and, and, you know, land effective blows and stuff after that. But I don't think he did much on the floor, so I feel like I, I you know, I landed mine, knocking down like four times, landed some some nice shots. He landed a couple of nice kicks. I landed a couple of nice kicks. So I, I just felt like I won. I, I, I did win that fight, but wanted to do more. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I felt I felt like I was being a bit cautious, but it's because he's a, he's such a dangerous athlete.
3: <laughs> yeah, no, no, of course. And yeah, I, I don't know why I said five rounds there. Obviously, it was it was a three rounder. I, I was I was there as well. Like for, I, I completely completely <laughs> forgot. But yeah, I kind of agree with what you're saying in terms of the scoring because it kind of seemed like it was. A a lot of people's arguments for saying that that he won was that he had a lot of top time. But as you said, you have to be you have to do something. You have to do something just because you're in a, an indomitable position, or just oh yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean that you you've won the round. It, uh, unless you're landing strikes, or unless you're going for submissions or whatever. So I kind of felt that the scoring was archaic in that way. If you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And I think oh, you know what it's um. It's just part of the game. Everyone's any kind of close fight's so always going to have some kind of controversy uh, uh, to it. Um, I wanted to, like I said, I wanted to do more, and I wish I, you know, I wish I could have got a better or got the result, but in a better way.
2: But um, again, we, you know, I won, and we can keep progressing forward.
3: And how how good did it feel to exercise those demons? Because obviously, I, I know you went into the fight, you were, you were full of confidence, and you brushed off the uh, the previous defeat to Douglas, but. In the back of everybody's mind, I mean, even if I, like, lose 5 nil to my brother in FIFA, I'm still thinking about it, if, if, if you, if you yeah. know what I mean. It must have felt good to exercise those demons and put it to bed.
0: Yeah, to be fair, like, again, um, losing, and I think this is where a lot of people need to kind of get more, or get you more, or, or take more... Or, I'm trying to think of a word here, just but with the process of uh, losing, I don't feel like it's as big a deal as a lot of people make it. Mm-hmm. And uh, the reason I can say that is because when I was younger, I took a lot of whoopings before I came a world champion. Yeah. I took a lot more after that before I won again. And then I started winning more consistently and then I lose again and I have to ad- adapt and change again. And I became 10 times world champion, not because I was winning all the time. It's because I took a beating for years and I was learning from that. So a loss in MMA to me was like, cool. I need to adjust. And I know I'm a very like get get back at you type person. Mm-hmm. I know I can get it back. So that's why I wanted. I was pushing for the fight from the beginning. I got the fight back. won, just about got like got the win. Not in the way I wanted, but I got the win. And that's what I mean. Like I'm I'm, I'm happy.
3: Fair enough. And um, and final question on on the Lima chapter in the post fight interview. As as you alluded to in here, you you didn't seem happy with yourself, and you said that you wanted to run it, run it back with Douglas uh, again if if he would uh, be happily to, if he'd be happily willing to do that. Were there any talks of that before this fight with Yaroslav came to fruition, or was the title shot just presented to you?
0: Uh, No, no, definitely. Again, I was pushing for it. I think I feel like I'm in a a strong position in terms of the pulling power that I have, Mm -hmm. uh, especially in in
2: London. so I could have pushed for whatever fight
0: I wanted but then it's my coaches it's my management that are like you need to make sense of this as well yeah. that fight' gonna go away so you can win a title and still have that fight if you wanted it afterwards but um they you know I was pushed to thinking more about progression of self and and, and career which doesn't mm-hmm. make sense so I was like cool let's let's go let let's, let's, let's it that way around
3: Fair enough. And another interesting thing that you said um, that has been a constant theme of 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 your entire mixed martial arts career. You said that uh, it was something to the words of the effect that you're not fussed about the belt and the belt doesn't necessarily validate you if you if you know and, and validate your achievement your achievements in the sport. Has that changed somewhat now that literally you, you are training to fight for the belt and fight for the belt on home soil, no less?
2: No,
0: but I'm training to just beat someone it's mm-hmm. exactly the same thing I do every single fight They just everybody just adds stuff on top of it there's always a reason for it to be more pressure this yeah. is why I can't shy away from the mentality of it it has to be about the belt the same way I shy away from it has to be about the money I'm just enjoying what I do yeah. I, I've been enjoying what I do since I started MMA I've loved it the only reason I'm still doing it is because I love this game yeah so it's, it's more about my enjoyment, more about my personal development, more about my. Uh, I love to entertain. More about it's 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 kind of a selfish thing that I get to give, but I also get to give to other people. I selfishly like to entertain, mm-hmm. but people enjoy that entertainment, and you know they they, they enjoy you know my, my delivery on that. Some people don't, but a lot of people are you know it's kind of uh, a lot of people do. Um, so the belt is just a thing. I don't like to be fixated on it don't get me wrong, I get the value of it, Mm -hmm. I get the status of it, I get the, you know, if I have it, what it does mean, but for me, I've seen that already, the more people I beat, every time I beat somebody, something, you know, my value goes up, and that is just part of this game, but that's never, never something I'll be fixated on.
3: Okay, yeah, and moving on to your, so I've obviously 26-0 combat sport, uh, combat Sambo specialist. But what have you made of his, uh, his fights as of late? Obviously he had the decision win over Douglas uh, in his last fight, but there is the split decision victory against uh I think it was Logan Storley. I I I can't remember. My memory's betraying Yeah, too many fights in the in the, in the in the in the brain. But yeah, what what have you made of him since he's been in Bellator and uh, is well, without giving away too much of the of the game plan that you might have devised already. Are there, are there any holes in his game that you feel that you can exploit?
0: He's a, I think he's an exceptional fighter. Maybe. one of the greatest, or one of the most, one of the most well-rounded fighters I've seen in terms of level. You know, like everyone's got, uh, it can be good in one area yeah. and great in one, the next area and good enough and great enough. I think he's arguably really great in every area, which is what makes him so dangerous um, and what makes him so successful in his career. Um, and understandably I, I, I get why he's 26 and 0 and I get why he's got one of the best the best record in MMA mm-hmm. um, I, I get it uh, at the same time I'm me I always see myself as the best uh, I value other people's skills and other people's strengths same way I valued Douglas uh, Lima's like strengths didn't mean I didn't want to go out and beat you didn't mean I didn't think I could go out and beat you I just, there's no point in me even taking a fight if I didn't think I was going to go in there and beat you same with this fight. I still believe I'm weighing my awkwardness, my speed, my length, um, my my style of uh, uh kickboxing and style of striking still outweighs a lot of people that are exceptional mixed martial artists. Mm-hmm. So um I just go in there and be me.
3: You said that with a little wry smile on your face. Are you relishing like the opportunity to like to not necessarily silence the the silence the detractors, but look, look sh- show the world that you are one of the best and get rid of a, another man who's well it, seen by many to be one of the best and one of the most feared in the sport
0: no definitely man i I'm, uh, i I enjoy changing minds mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's kind of part of the uh the whole entertainment side i I've been in uh, multiple times i'm even in my kickboxing career walking into crowds of people that are booing me yeah i'm in ireland same thing i'm walking into a crowd of people that are booing me yeah. in maine when i had my first velator uh, fight walking into a crowd of people that are booing me and leave with people that are cheering me every single time and i i i enjoy that i really i really do enjoy kind of uh, that not i don't want to say power that conduct that, that kind of um, it, it just means that you're doing what you're doing is, mm-hmm. is you know what I mean, I and mean, it's just like justification, and it's like again very selfish. I get a little cheeky kind of thing for my <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, and like I said, that's what I'm doing it for. I'm not doing it for anybody else. I'm doing it for myself, my family, and all that. But yeah, I definitely take enjoyment from seeing people go. You know what? I do like this guy. Or, you know what? Yeah, he is talented. So uh, yeah, I think a fight like this definitely kind of solidifies that.
3: Just a couple more from me, Michael. I get the vibe that there's you, you. don't feel like there's any added pressure on 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 your shoulders because of the belt. Is that because of what we talked about beforehand? Where you say that you didn't place too much value on the belt itself?
0: Yeah, no, definitely. And I think that's that's another reason, another way, because of the way I program myself. That's the reason why I can walk into this arena and just still be me. Everyone mm. feels like, you know, you're going to have to do this, you're going to have to do that, you're going to have to put your hands up because it's dangerous and you know, it's full of belt. No, I'm always going to be myself. I'm always going to be me. And I feel it's because I'm doing it for me. I'm enjoying this moment for me. It's not about anything else. You can't put anything on this that's going to make me uh, panic about this fight. I'm just going to go in there and just be the best me on the line.
3: Right. And how do you how do you foresee the fight playing out?
0: Uh, to be fair, I'm got, uh, This feels like uh and I've said it before. I feel like in this kind of fight, he's very technical everywhere. I don't find him massively dangerous, but he's very, very technical everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but at the same time, I've got kill shots. Yeah. I've got.
3: My, my dogs here no i I've, no, I've i've met i've met the is it is it k j yeah i i met k j before it. yeah but i can't see the screen he won't recognize me but <laughs> well speaking well yeah how's Jamal getting on with his uh, superman diet i've seen you've uh, you've turned oh. him onto it oh, 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 oh,
0: almost there yeah almost there get
3: down <laughs> all right mike on that note i'm gonna i'm gonna love you and leave you thanks for the time as always i'm sure i'll catch up with you before may 13th if not i'll see you in fight week good luck with preparations and take care okay we're back mike one of my main takeaways and one of the things that i think i was quite impressed with by michael is the fact that although he knows that winning a world title is mm. um, it, it is life changing. It, it it doesn't matter, and, and whatever promotion you are, even if you're not in the the, the UFC and you win a, a win a world title, or even if you're not in Bellator, if you're in one, not in one championship, if you win a world title, your life changes and your prospects changes. But I was impressed by the fact that he's not placed too much meaning on on the, on, on the status of becoming champion and, and having that belt, and that it's all. It's almost more to do with it, his own personal journey, if, if you know what I mean, what were your what were your thoughts on that and what stood out from that interview for you?
4: Well, he's an entertainer, and what stood out was his want, his ability, and his drive to entertain. Now, for me and you, you know, we have obviously seen the flack, we've seen the blowback. we've seen the criticism of him actually taking on, quote unquote, cans. No, he's taken on opponents which, basically have been served up to him so that he can entertain let's just like you know put um that to rest first of all secondly the way that I look at it you know of late this has been a graduation this has been a maturation of MVP and let's not forget you know he did beat Paul Daly but still this title this misnomer of him being a can that actually hung over him. And it goes back to what he has been saying and saying quite consistently, he's an entertainer. Now, I'm glad that he is getting this title shot because it will shut a lot of people up if he does actually take this because it kind of underlines a simple kind of like premise. And that is his whole thing, since I watched him in UCMMA. Is to make fans say whoa, and he's consistently done that, and it's good that we're now at the pinnacle of his career, where you know we are we are we are seeing more of a maturation, and it's good that he's now in a place now where you know he's poised to take a belt.
3: Yeah, man. I mean, d- d- don't don't get me wrong. Where we're not teeing this up as as a it's a guaranteed coronation. I mean, mm. <laughs> this 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 is a, this is a tough customer. He's 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 got to be. Um, but no, I, I, I think, I think Amosov is very, very well rounded. He's a very well round. He's, it's obviously his sambos is is, is is bread and butter. But in terms of the striking, the the, the grappling, jiu jitsu, he is very very well rounded. But I mean, it's diff- It's different. Once people people go into, people seem to believe. All, all fighters that watch Michael Vendon Page are in Bellator, they're in the welterweight division that subsequently called him out after watching him. They all have a firm belief. They're like, okay, I need to do X, Y, and Z to beat him and to get in there. Yeah. And barring barring, Doug, barring Douglas Lima, uh, I'd say he's probably the only one. Everybody that has been in there has kind of had a look and we've all seen it when you've watched, whether you've, no, not necessarily if you've been there live or whatever, but if you're watching on TV and they all have a look and they're like, holy shit, how do I figure this out? And I think uh, I, again, th- there's no, there's nobody, there is nobody in mixed martial arts who who has a style like Michael Venom and Page, and who can cover distance the way that, that he does, and uh, at lightning uh, fast speed as well. And it's, I think it's that karate background, the blitzes that he, that he comes over with, they're very
4: unorthodox for mixed
3: martial arts. And I, I think also, Zipper,
4: just to jump in there, oh, okay, all right. Someone who I think is just like Michael ben and Page or near enough is, <clears throat> excuse me, his sparring partner, Globo Fando. Oh,
2: he of course, the same yeah.
4: style. He has the same tricks. He has the same game plan. And I have to say, I will never forget being cage side in their gym at London Shoot Fighters when those two were going at it. One of the most balletic, one of the most magnificent displays of sparring and they were going hard. That was an incredible matchup. But yes, he is the nearest in terms of um, match for match, punch for punch, kick for kick, in terms of game plans as well that I've ever seen.
3: Yeah, not not to not to uh, digress and go off topic, but do you remember what Galore Bufondo did to Charlie Ward? You yeah, saying? that oh, was oh my, that was I've never seen a knockout like that. I, I was uh, I was sat next to my boy, uh, the Pride of Ireland, Mister Pete C. Carroll. Uh, on on, on press row and we both like looked at each other like what the fuck have we we just seen and charlie ward is no slouch absolutely no slouch whatsoever and for him to throw him the way that he did and it wasn't even like it, it wasn't even like a traditional hip toss to like generate that amount of force it was just it was absolutely baffling but Anyway, going back to
4: uh, to MVP, I think... Just to, just to jump in there, and sorry to digress, seeing as though we are going for tangents and we're talking about the legendary Pete St. Carroll, he has never mentioned this, but I just feel I need to exercise this ghost. Oh. He was sat next to me on Press Row in Sweden when um, Conor McGregor took on Marcus... Uh, God, what's the guy's name? Marcus Grimmage. Marcus Brimage. Who has reported? I
3: turned. Who? Wait, but sorry, I didn't interrupt you. I think I read something somewhere. I've not verified this, so uh, don't take this as gospel, people. Apparently, Mm. he signed a deal to fight in uh, a pillow fighting championship. I do not know if this. Oh no, I don't know
0: if
4: this this is true. But um, yeah, okay. But anyway, carry on. Anyway, I I turned to Pixie Cow, who sat next to me, and I said, "Marcus Brimage." is going to make you cry tonight. Your boy boy is going down." And he looked at me, the professional that he is, and he just kept his head straight for the entire fight, even after the celebration, even (laughs) after Marcus Brimage was laid to waste. And uh, he turned to me in a moment when it was very, very quiet. And he said, "Uh, sorry, Mike, didn't quite catch what you said there <laughs> he's never mentioned it he's never once referred to it and I rate that guy because I'd be dining out on that on every single podcast that I appeared on
3: <laughs> oh no yeah and uh like I I know the the but, but almost by default to uh people who are in Irish the Irish accent sounds very jovial and very happy but the way that he speaks as well i could just imagine like i i could just imagine him saying it already so um, we'll have to get him on at, at some point mr
4: mr oh, 100% G.
3: hopefully hopefully you can come over for for ufc london and then we can do something live that'd be that'd be amazing but um Anyway, so speaking of UFC London, did you even notice that that, um, that segue? I didn't even mean that. I didn't even mean that segue. It's
4: because you're so smooth. That's why you're hosting today. I'm <laughs> just in the back seat here just, you know, ad- admiring my son who's made it. <laughs> speaking of UFC London, obviously
3: the, uh, the long-awaited return of Mixed Martial Arts Premier Promotion to the English capital was announced today, March 19th at the O2 Arena, no official fights have been announced yet, um, unless you're Dave Portnoy, or you know, from uh, Barstool. Barstool <laughs> um, who well, I, I think, it was, in fairness to him, it was Dana White that said it on his show, but then he exactly tweeted out, and then he tweeted it out saying. So I think if Dana White is saying it, then you could believe there's some degree of truth to it, or st- like you could believe it's probably 80 percent true or what have you. But um, yeah, so. UFC finally back in London after three years. I mean, it'll be four years since I was actually at a UFC London event because I missed the Masvidal versus Till card because I had to go. I was, uh, had to go back. No, I, I wanted to. I went uh, to Zambia for my granddad, late granddad's memorial. So um I'm, I'm chomping at the bit to, to get back into a UK fight week and what have you. But of the rumored fights, Mike, what are you looking forward to the most? And I know you're going to, we're both going to say the, the long-awaited debut of Mohamed makayev so Yes. You've got to choose another one. So you've got to choose another one.
4: Okay. Um, whilst it's not rumoured, I'm really looking forward to, if they do grant him uh, space on the card, seeing Mark Diakase. Yeah. I haven't seen him on home turf for nigh on, what is it now, three years? Is it three years? And um, it's okay. Mark Diakase who I'm really looking forward to seeing because... I just feel that we need to see the bone crusher as opposed to Mr. Diakase. Mr. Diakase is a little bit more measured, a little bit more calculating, a little bit more careful. And the bone crusher is where we saw the spins and the kicks and the flamboyant nature, plus the mouth to match. And I miss that. I miss that uh, bone crusher element of his personality. How about yourself?
3: No, yeah, I'd I'd love to see uh, Mark added to the card, but and and I kind of get what you're saying as well that maybe he's um well he's he's kind of deviated from from the or or, or moved away from that bone crusher uh, uh, persona. But I mean that's also p- part of life. I mean he's got two young kids, I believe, and yeah. like, he's getting older and whatever well, you getting older. I mean he's what like 28, 29 or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's twenty eight. But um. And yeah, I would love to see him on the card because, as we know, I mean, Mark rises to the occasion every time he's every time he's in London. Yeah, uh, none more so than when he beat Joseph Duffy, and I rank that higher than him starching uh Timu Pakalan or his other highlight, uh, other UFC highlights, because he went into that fight on the back of a three-fight losing streak to uh, Draco Close, Dan Hooker, and Nazra Hakparas, which, I mean. At the time, those guys weren't where they are in uh, in their respective divisions in the in the lightweight division, but um, yeah. So a, a lot of people had a lot of questions about Mark at that time, but he he came back and he beat Joe Duffy, who's absolutely by no means a slouch, and then he ratt- rattled off another win over Landovinara. And I mean, yeah, his his back is kind of up against the wall again now because obviously yeah. losses to Rafael Fazeev and uh, and Alves, but. I mean, there's absolutely no shame in losing to Fazeev. Absolutely no shame in Fazeev. I know that was Fazeev's debut, so a lot of people didn't really know too much about him unless you uh, you follow kickboxing or Muay Thai. And uh, the Rafael Alves man, I mean, look, he he just got caught in the guillotine. I mean, mm-hmm. that it happens to the absolute best of us. It can happen to to anybody. I mean, yeah. I I know he lost to Rafael, but I think he's I, I personally think he's a better fighter of all, all, all around than Rafael. But I'd love to see him added to the card. And now in terms of the main event. Obviously, there's there's rumblings of of Darren Till against uh, Uriah Hall, a fight that makes sense. I I, I I I can see that, but unless, like, obviously Darren Till had a, had a knee injury in his fight with uh, with with Derek Brunson, and not that he came out and said, "Oh yeah, I've got a knee injury." In fact, it was his coach that his coach Colin Heron, that came out, and you you know for a fact, Colin Herron isn't the one to. To mince words or make make excuses, he he was asked by uh, by Brett Okamoto if there was something up with Darren. He just said it. Now, given where Darren is in his in his career at this moment in time, I, and I know he's only it's only back to back losses to Robert Whitaker and to um, and to Derek. But I believe he's he's lost is it is he lost four of his last five? I think I think I think it might be, but um, anyway, I'll, I'll I'll check that, but. If there's any inkling of Darren being uh, being compromised going into the this potential fight, I don't think Colin Herron's going to put him out there. So, I for one, I'm I'm doubtful that this uh, this fight with U.I. Hall is going to going to come to fruition. And this is not me saying it from a place of having any knowledge or or what have you. That's just me. That that's just a guess. I'm just hazarding a guess at this moment in time. But uh, we haven't really seen too much of, of Darren. Well, now, because his he's, he's, Instagram has been deleted. <laughs> but now he's being a bit, a bit more active on uh, Twitter. But I know he did spend some time over in uh, America at Syndicate MMA and at the Performance Institute to, uh, to get himself right and, and what have you. So maybe he is fighting fit. We don't know. But another one that's been mooted as well. Uh, and I think this would, would be a good one. And I think if it did come to fruition... It would be a big hat tip to to this to this young man, uh, and a big recognition of his body of work is Arnold Allen against Dan Hooker for for the main event. Now, I know for the um, for the casual, and I hate using the term casual or what have you, it's not the, the sexiest matchup for for one. Although I'm f- frothing and licking at my lips at the prospect of of, <laughs> of that, mat- that matchup. But I, th- I really think that's a that's a good fight, and I think that would be a, a great main event.
4: But, I love it. I love it. But you're right. He isn't like uh, Mr. Name Brand Value. He's not Mr. Louis Vuitton. He's more like uh, Tesco Meal Deal. And if you, <laughs> play, yeah, I see what you did You'll know exactly what that means. But you know, he's kind of like been blitzing people since unbeaten in the UFC. I mean, coming in, look, I for one. Um, had him down to get smashed by alan omar and look what happened there <laughs> had him in the guillotine choke for that his first win and you know there were some notables I and mean, macron americani and mads Brunel, um gilbert melendez now for me i don't think that he gets his due i don't think enough people put enough respect on his name and i think it may have a lot to do with the fact that He's very introverted in terms of his delivery. He's quietly spoken. He's not really Mr. Shit Talk. Plus, he doesn't really go out there and, like, call people out. He's not loud. He's not brash. So the attention is never going to be on him. And I, for one, just like you just said, you know, would be salivating to see that as a main event. But the, the thing that's kind of, like, making me feel as though that possibly won't happen is his ability to sell the card and okay. that would be the job of the person in the main event slot you'll have to have some kind of gravitas you'll have to have some kind of um way in which you're going to attract people to buy tickets and um unfortunately just given just the personality that we are viewing here that we know of here um that isn't the case
3: no yeah that's 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 true but Okay, let's let's um, let's let's propose and say if Darren Till is um, is 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 fighting fit, it'd probably be him to he- headline UFC London. No, 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 100%. because Leon is on a collision course with uh, Kamara Usman, which is probably going to happen in the summer. By by uh, by my estimation, from some, from some things of of what I've been told, I really don't think the Uriah whole matchup is again like. A, like a like a sexy one, do you know what I mean? For for UFC London's return to uh, after after a three-year hiatus, a three-year enforced hiatus. Hear me out for this. Hear me out on this one. What about Darren Till against drumroll? Luke Rockholt. Love that it. Would be an absolutely fantastic matchup.
4: Absolutely love that. Yeah, I mean, is he fighting fit though? The last time I saw him, he was he was grabbing his nuts. Which looked quite painful in a in in a stance. This was like uh, doing the rounds on Twitter earlier this week.
3: I don't know. I don't know what. Uh, I don't know about the not grab Mike. I haven't seen. That. I haven't seen uh, the, the the image. But I mean, that's a sexy matchup. A former champion. Love it. A, a, a former champion, and let's not forget um, Luke Rockhold does not the most necessarily liked person in the UK, obviously, because of his beef with uh, Michael Bisping. Although it's not beef now; I mean, they're all they're all friends. But uh, mm. he he would relish in the role of coming over and like playing the pantomime villain over over here, and he would help sell that. So, my petition, if Darren Till is fit, is Darren Till versus Luke Rockhold. Hopefully, okay. yeah. I I remember Luke. Well, I, I spoke to Luke. I think well, it was. It was it was in may 20 yeah it's nearly it's nearly two years ago actually that that, that I, I i last spoke to luke and he was saying that he had some issues with this uh with his shoulder and everything that he wanted to get healthy and what have you but hope like i mean hopefully he isn't like that that's, that's the fight that i want to see darren till versus luke rockold i'm gonna speak it into existence i'm gonna i'm gonna manifest this mate darren till versus luke rockold because if he got, got a win over Luke Rockhold. Obviously, it's a marquee win against a former UFC, uh, UFC champion that catapults him. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna, I don't know where he is in the rankings, but it put you, puts him probably within maybe two more fights of a title shot, maybe even one, just depending on the landscape of the division. Okay, so that's uh. Well, oh, Darren Till—he's—he's he's got the—he's got the European and he's got the UK market behind him. He's got, and the UFC are well and truly aware of the, aware of that. I mean, had he beaten um, who, who? Had he beaten Derek Brunson, Had he had he knocked him out? And I know he had uh, was it, was it the third round that he he got submitted in? Yeah, it was the third round. And I know in the third round you were sweating because you picked you picked Brunson, and when he clocked him in the third round, I know you were sweating. Say had he say had he starts him, and, and he called out Adesanya right there and then. The UFC would have made that matchup. Yeah, they, they, they would have, they would have made that matchup. So I don't believe his uh, – beyond the realms of possibility that with the win over a marquee name Rockhold or not that Till's within one or two fights away from a from a title shot but again I'm gonna manifest this and I I hope the listeners agree with me Darren Till versus Luke Rockhold UFC London get it booked get it booked love it let's let's move on because obviously uh before UFC London we've got a big card and uh a Very big card, head, headlined by two heavyweight champions, undisputed heavyweight champion Francis Zagani, taking on his, his old buddy, Cyril Gan, or Cyril Gan, if you're uh, doing your proper pronunciations. I think I kind of butchered that. But uh, <laughs> obviously, their uh, heavyweight title unification fight is headlining UFC 270 in Anaheim, I believe. It's, yes, yeah, it's at the Honda Center in, in Anaheim, California, this weekend. Before we dissect the matchup, Mike, we're going to actually hear from both men we're going to hear from cyril Gan first who discussed his uh his, his training with francis and and we're going to talk uh, we're going to talk to francis and well i talked to him earlier today and we're going to briefly hear from franny and as you call him for some <laughs> from some strange reason and get his take on cyril's take on their sparring several years ago so here we go this is a fight that's been Somewhat years, years in the making, ever since you stepped uh, in MMA factory uh, m- many, many years ago. Now, obviously, you and Francis have, have, uh, have, have sweat blood and shed tears uh, sp- sparring for many, many years uh, back when he was at MMA factory. But do you take any confidence from that sparring uh, all those years ago, or do you not now because it was several years ago and you think that both of you have improved as fighters? Yes, uh, since
1: this time we improved, that's sure, 100%. So it's, at this time, um, the feeling was just, oh, I'm really lucky because I, I just started the, the, my career in the MMA and I can sport with the guy in, already in the top five. So this, is the, this was my feeling. But yes, we improve a lot, my part and his part. So today I think it's going to be different. and uh, uh, But this has helped me to have a little bit more confidence. Yes.
3: Okay, we're back, Mike. Now, I want to go to get your thoughts about Cyril's confidence of... Yeah, well, yeah, I want to say his his confidence in uh, how the fight will go because of uh, having shared the cage, sparring cage with Francis, albeit some several years ago, but uh, the success that he had. So do you think the confidence is misplaced, given the fact that that was maybe three years ago and there has been some evolution? Or do you think that the confidence is well-placed because he knows very well that he might have his number?
4: I think he knows that he has his number. And, you know, the, the icing on the cake is to have mixed it up with him close and personal, shared secrets, basically short shared talking space. So he knows how his mind works as well. He knows what buttons to press. So he's got that as well as the fact that he's obviously had physical Um, contact with the man. I think as well, a lot of people are missing the fact that Siwa Ghan, he actually moves like a middleweight. And we know, we know just by what we've seen and uh, uh, to our detriment that the later rounds then actually favor uh, the big guy. I mean, in terms of his ability to dart in and out, his ability to frustrate, his ability to, to pick his shots. You know something? I know you've not asked me, but I'm going with Cyril Gunn. I really am. I I just see that the speed is obviously going to be a factor here. The fact that he's nifty, the 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 the, the cardio as well. I, I I also like the fact that there is a little bit of needle here. Whether um, Francis Ngani wants to admit it or not, there is beef. It's not just with the coach, it's not just with um, the team. I think that, you know, by nature and by the the, the vicinity that Cyril Garn is in, he's caught up in this as well. And I just hope that people stop pissing in the tent and talking about that there is no beef because there is clearly beef. We all saw the video where Francis Ngarno actually walked past, blanked Cyril Garn. Are you telling me that there is no beef? If there was no beef, he would have said, I don't know, a a, a hearty bonjour. But there was nothing. Just blanked him. Walked past him as though he was nothing. Don't tell me that there is no beef there. I'm not trying to hear that.
3: No, I I, I know what you mean. I mean, uh, well, I'll admit this. I've been a, a petty man in my younger days. So if that was me in that situation, if I didn't have beef for Cyril... I would go up and I would acknowledge Cyril. I'd give him a spud or I'd, or I'd tip, my, tip my hat to him and just say, yeah. oh, up. but I would walk past Fernand and I wouldn't do anything like that. So yeah. I think that, uh, that, that lends true to what you're saying that there is, there, 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 there is a beat. There, there, there is some. Hi, Francis, how are you doing? Hey, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. You touched on it before that obviously you and Cyril t- trained together many years ago at the MMA factory, but judging from Fernand and Cyril, how they've talked, In the build-up to this fight it seems that they're relying heavily on data from you three years ago do you think that's them making a mistake considering that you've evolved since you've teamed up with uh, eric Nixik?
2: well um i don't know
3: uh i don't think they're uh, relying on that
2: footage i think they just use eclipse on on that footage a highlight to promote syria and that's what's been happening uh, since the beginning of uh, all this uh, hype and uh, uh, fight promotion, you know, uh, because they, they, they didn't put out uh, the, the video. They just put the clips of it. And, uh, yeah, I don't think they're doing it. I think they just, I think they know exactly. And even if they rely on that video, no, it doesn't look good for them you know, because they know exactly what happened. And that's not a good news. Uh, if they would have relied to that video, then they would have no uh, uh, upfront that he's not going to play well for, for them.
3: And you, t- you touched on, on, on boxing there. In recent years, you've been compared to um, Mike Tyson with your ferocity and your punch power. How does it feel to be compared to arguably one of the scariest boxers and one of, one of the greatest boxers in some people's minds of all time?
2: Well, that's such a great honor. That's honorable, you know, Uh, just to be at the point that they compare me to Mike Tyson. I mean, uh, I won't say it's my ultimate goal, but it's something massive, you know, Uh, as Mike Tyson is my uh, uh, greatest fighter boxer of all the time, you know, I get Mike Tyson all day long. So to be at that point, it's just great, man. It's just good stuff for me.
3: Thank you very much. One thing that Francis said that he, he seems he seems very confident that um that yeah, th- although they're analyzing or they're yeah, I wouldn't say they're they're analyzing all data, but their their confidence is somewhat misplaced because their uh because of their interactions three years ago. Yes, you can take some some uh, some some pluses from it, but. Again, Francis is a James' team. Is uh, what well, he's like extreme couture with uh, Dewey Cooper and Eric Nixick. That's who that's who he's with right now. So, I think he's right to 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 say that they shouldn't necessarily be relying on the um on on the on the pluses that they had from from that from sparring sessions, however many years ago. So, what's your thoughts on that?
4: He's right. I mean. Okay, we are talking about a significant amount of time, but like I say, I still feel as though there is a psychological element in there which you know is not being spoken about. He knows what buttons to press. He knows his fears. He knows exactly um, how his mind thinks. That's some, that is something which you can't estimate. The psychological aspect of the fight is something which isn't being talked about here yeah
3: no I, I i i agree with you on that and you uh you kind of jumped the gun with your with your prediction but you know what i mean as much as i love francis obviously he's a, he's an african brother i'm <laughs> happy to have him at the at the summit of the of the ufc the, uh, the ufc's well the premier division in combat sports regardless is heavyweight division it does it doesn't matter but when the, when I watch back when I watch back that Derek Lewis fight in the way that he's just light on his feet, just bobbing up and down, changing stances effortlessly, and not just the Derek Lewis fight, even in the Yarzina rogers strike fight and in the yeah. Alexander Volkov fight, we've not seen a heavyweight move like that. Yes, we you can talk about heavyweights being big and explosive and leaping and and, and, and closing distance very uh, very quickly, but there's a lot to be said about someone who can move so fluidly and can change. Uh, change direction so fluidly and with their footwork and you know what I, I here here's how i think it will will go i think i think francis is going to be patient in the first in the first minute or so he's unless he lets the beef get to get to his head but i i, I think that he'll be a bit patient he'll be It'd kind of be how he was in the in the rematch with Stipe. He didn't go absolutely guns blazing, even when he was in the pocket and he had he had opportunity to to swing several haymakers. I think he'll be a bit tentative in that sense. And he'll want to, well, obviously you always want to get a read on your opponent, but he'll want to see what Cyril does in terms of his footwork, in terms of his stance switching and everything. And I think he might be, subsequently that might make him a bit heavy, uh, a bit flat-footed. And I think Cyril Gunn is going to chop away his legs because what do you do to a power puncher? You take away their lead leg. So basically, yeah, he's going to. I think he's going to absolutely rip, rip with uh, right leg kicks of Francis's lead leg. I, I, I think Francis is going to be uh, going to be walking home funny uh, <laughs> from the from the Honda Center on uh, on, on Saturday night, like slash Sunday morning. That's 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 how I see it. And then I think he's just going to. I don't want to say dance rings around him because that's kind of disrespectful, but I think he's just going to float around him. And, and I, I I could see maybe a third or fourth round stoppage for Cyril Gann. And I, I know a lot of people will be saying, oh, you're jumping on a hype train or whatever, but I've, I have I went back, and I, I watched tape and I was just for, for a couple rounds or whatever, I was just looking at the feet, just not even, not even looking at what was going on with the upper body, I was just looking at the feet. And honestly, that footwork, gives everybody problems. Gammie yeah. Like, and let alone his, his striking prowess. And I mean you could arguably say that he's the best striker in uh well he is the best striker in the in the heavyweight division. There like tell tell me a striker who's got a better clean clean uh like a cleaner striking skill set than him in the I mean yeah. I mean wouldn't it have been great to uh to see Overeem once he won the K1 championship to fight Cyril Gan like ooh, ooh, oh sorry I'm not even in the respect on his name wouldn't it have been great to see uberim was after he won the k1 that's when he was uber uberim i think yeah. before he came to the ufc i had to kind of trim down a little bit because it was a bit changed diet he was
4: no longer on the horse meat
3: yeah yeah ben. <laughs> this is not us knocking alistair over or whatever absolute legend of uh, of, of the sport but would have been amazing to-
4: alistair over Just put some
3: respect on his name yeah yeah <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, of course, yeah, he's one of us. Yeah, I, 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 I forgot that. I always, I always forget that. Um, yeah, wouldn't it have been fantastic to see like I know obviously different generations and, and what have you, but can you imagine uh, like a, a straight kickboxing MMA fight between those two? Ooh, oh man. That's that's tremendous. Oh dare I say it'd be orgasmic, Michael, to watch. But <laughs> uh, I think oh well, damn it, it's yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
4: Be uh, and be it's and
3: it's we've not even passed the watershed as well. God, I had nine minutes. I had nine minutes before I could uh, I can make some lewd comment like that. But yeah, I I, I think it's going to be unnew I, I I really do. And plus, like Francis is going to he's got distractions in the back back of his mind. Yes, his contract isn't up after this fight. But, well, if he if he if he wins, no, it's a weird situation basically. So basically, if he wins. Mm the contract carries on until the end of the year. So the UFC, for certain fighters, they put a, t- a time limit, not a fight limit on the, on, your, uh, on, on your contract. Yeah. They've done that with George St. Pierre. George St. Pierre is obviously still contracted to UFC until God knows fucking how long. <clears throat> <laughs> probably, probably forever. So that's currently the case with Francis. And it's weird that if he wins, it carries on. But if he doesn't, then he's like a proper free agent. And I just think with all all these distractions and like the, the, the talk of Dana publicly saying, that, Oh, if you don't want to be with this, you can go. Yeah.
4: And,
3: that. and uh, I, I just don't know a hundred percent if, if mentally he's going to be there. Maybe I could be wrong. Maybe this could be the fuel, um, well, this fuel that's uh, firing up the train and everything. And then he goes out there and smokes them. I don't know. But these distractions, the matchup itself, the fact there's beef the fact there could be psychologically he, he could be thinking right this guy got the better of me in in training because I, I i don't know if you saw that clip do you do you know did, Steve, yes. like, when, like, like that sweet elbow like that it was just so effortless and francis was like he wasn't yep. or whatever but you could clearly see like in his uh by his body language he was like oh what the fuck mm. but, um, i don't know man i i just i just got a feeling i i, I really do like and the thing is I, I, I like both guys as well, so I mean I, I hate it when there's matchups when, yeah, <laughs> when you, when you, when you like both guys and you want both guys to win, but the way I the way I've analyzed everything and the way I see it, I think Cyril's going to get the job done.
4: One hundred percent behind you. We're on the same page. I'm surprised. I really did think that you was going to come in hot with uh, Ngana as your guy.
3: Nah, know. I mean yeah, he's got the he's got the the, the great equalizer and what have you, but it's the great equalizer for what three and a bit rounds. I mean, I mean, yeah, obviously, C.P.A. took him to the distance in, I think it was two years ago. It was January. Was it January 2020 or January 2019? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was on the, that was, on, no, it wasn't 2020. It must have been 2019 when DC beat stipe for the tight. Yeah, it was, I think it was 2019 or maybe it was 20. No, you know what? UFC 220, Mike, I think mm. it was 20. 2018 yeah it's 2018 okay so that was the last time well, well not the last time because he fought uh Derek Lewis and went to uh went to it went to the final buzzer but that was a three rounder but that was the last time we saw Francis Ngannou taking the full distance taking the championship distance yeah so besides that he's been <laughs> I was gonna <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what I was gonna say afterwards but he's been smoking people he's been smoking people <laughs> left left, right and center so that cardiovascular um tank and his uh, cardiovascular endurance we haven't seen it tested we haven't seen it tested since then mm-hmm. so uh, i mean that could be a factor and i mean i think we all know he's a fast muscle twitch fiber kind of kind of guy and he's not like uh like well if you were to use the, well, the the old comparison you'd say oh he's a sprinter more than a long distance runner that's what you'd say mm-hmm. and, um yeah I, again that's another thing how does it like as we said how does his cardio hold up that's the thing so i think i'm gonna go with i knew uh, i think we'll be talking about cyril Gan potentially bringing the ufc to france this time next week so yeah that's it but before we go one fight on the card, which I'm also looking forward to. Oh, well, the fight that I really was looking forward to other than the, uh, the main event was prospect on prospect. And I know people don't like seeing <clears throat> young guns get pitted together so early, but I love it. I'm just like, fuck it. Just throw, throw, throw them in. Throw, throw them in there. Um, initially, obviously, it was Moffsar Valuev against uh, Ilya Tapuria. That was a fight that a lot of people were really looking forward to. But um, Moffsar had to withdraw from the fight. Now, I spoke to Ilya today to get his thoughts on the withdrawal and the short-notice fight with Charles Jordan. So that's an added bonus for you, people. You thought we were going to wrap up on the, on the heavyweight showdown. But no, nah, here on Shots Fired, we, we, uh, we got ex- extra clips for you. Extra clips. So check extra out- Extra rounds. Extra rounds, extra clips. Yeah, man. Extra heavy artillery. So check out Ilya Tapuria's interview right now.
1: Just a couple of days before the fight, cutting weight. That's feeling good, feel like an animal.
3: That's good to, that's good to hear. And uh, a, a lot of people do think that you're an animal. I mean, 3-0 and in the UFC so far, I believe it was March, 2020, you made your debut. I mean, the time's going by quickly already. How would you assess your time already? Three wins, per, uh, especially a big win against Ryan Hall in your last fight. How would you assess the, the time period so far? So I
1: made my debut in October.
3: October and, anyway, My my yeah. match is gone, sorry. About yeah, that. <laughs> don't
1: worry, don't worry. In October, and uh, it feels good, you know. I always in, knew that uh, inside myself that I'm the best in the world. So it's just
3: a question of the time. Later by later, everyone gonna going to know it. Mm-hmm. And I think that you kind of, uh, well, you, you're proving that that is, that, is, that is the case and you potentially are one of the best in the world, especially in your last fight against Ryan Hall, which a lot of people thought would be very tricky for you how would you assess your performance in that fight overall
1: i had a great performance i think right but when they call me and i get that call that i and when they offer me a fight against ryan hall i said yes of course because in 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 the team i, I train i have a lot of black belts there a lot of very similar styles so it was a very familiar familiar style you know that. Ryan Holtz, Imani Rolls and all the stuff, you know. And it was easy for me to deal with all his techniques.
3: And obviously this weekend you're fighting Charles Jordan, but you were meant to be fighting Movzar Eviloev. I mean, how disappointed were you that the fight fell off? Because a lot, of, a lot of fans were excited at the prospect versus prospect matchup. So how disappointed were you that it fell off?
1: I was very disappointed because when I get to, uh, to call, they told me that most of uh, test positive positive in COVID, and i said but he didn't say like g- guys give me a one week maybe i'm gonna test negative and i'm in you know uh, i didn't pull out so quickly He told me no for forgot about it. smosa so because he's out and i i was uh, uh, very sad because he talked too much in Twitter. Pre- He told me, like, bullshit, like, I'm going to use you like a red rag or shit like this. And then he pulled out so quickly. And I didn't understand him, you know, because if I see him in the street and he told me something, even if I have COVID or my hands broke or something, I'm going to take some stone and break his face, you know, I'm going to do something. I'm not going to say, like, no, Mosa, I have COVID. Mm -hmm. If you talk, come, show up, man.
3: And judging from your tone of voice, this is a fight that you still want to have down the road. Right. If he gets some, some wins, yes. But
1: I I already beat him, you know, without getting in in that octagon, you know. Because I'm here in L.A. What it is, no one knows. I'm here. They told me you have to be in L.A. 22 of January to fight Moser. I'm here. What it is, no one knows. I have COVID. Yeah, blah, blah. I already beat him. If he wants to relaunch maybe with a couple of wins, we can talk. But right now, no. I'm not going to give him the chance again.
3: Fair enough, fair enough. And obviously, Charles Jordan has stepped in in, in, on short notice. Are you happy with him being the short notice replacement? He's highly regarded by many people. I know he's only on a one-fight win streak, but he's a a relatively big name, and I think it's one that, like, a win over him would potentially push you towards the top 15.
1: Yeah. He has a short notice fight, and for me, it's a short notice too, you know, because my training camp was... uh, concentrated it for, for a wrestler you know I did everything for a wrestler and now I'm, I have to fight uh, to a strike so for me it's a short notice too mm-hmm. but yeah he's a good guy I, I feel way thankful that he jumps into fight and on Saturday night I have to do my my job you know I have to take his head off
3: and you're, you're getting in your first fight of the year pretty, pretty early. How active do you, do you want to be in your bid to get towards the top 15 by the end of the year?
1: So I, I want to make like three or four fights this year. I want to stay very active. Yeah, I want to stay very active. That's my plan.
3: And in your mind, is there? do you have a, a plan in mind? Do you have a route in, in mind that will get you towards the, the top 15 by the end of the year? Or are you just taking it fight by fight?
1: I think they're gonna put me in top fifteen after this fight. Maybe yes, maybe not. But like I always say, you know, I don't give a fuck to be in top fifteen, top ten, or top five. I know inside myself that I'm number number one. I'm. I'm not gonna celebrate if they put me even into the, the top five. You know, I will be happy when when I'm gonna get that belt. So before that, I don't give a fuck about that numbers.
3: And one thing I wanted to ask you is that you've been if uh, if I if I'm correct you've been living in Spain since you were 15 correct?
4: Yeah.
3: Right. right. And obviously with your with your surge up, surge up the ranks a lot of a lot of uh, people in Spain were possibly touting you to be the man to bring the UFC to Spain. How much of an honor would that be if you were to be the one the well, the the man well, the man to headline the first card in Spain? Wow,
1: that, that's one of my dreams, you know. To bring the UFC in Spain, that will be, I don't know, a dream come true, you know? Mm-hmm. it's um, It will be amazing. I always thought to my friends, you imagine if the UFC comes to Spain and I'm, I'm headlined he- at that
3: event? will be amazing, man. And obviously, you know. I'm going to try. to try to do it. And, and obviously, you're, you're, you're also of, of, of Georgian descent, so you could also be the first man to bring UFC to, to Georgia if, it, if that was to ever happen.
1: Yeah, but you know what happens with Georgia? The UFC is a, it's a big company, you know, and in Georgia, there is so... It's not so many um, habitants. It's habit- habitantes? habitants. So I don't know... Um, See, I don't know if for UFC makes sense to go in Georgia because it's a very small country, you know. Okay. So apparently. we'll see, maybe yes, it will be a, a pleasure and a dream come true too, you know. Both of them, I have so much love for Georgia and for Spain. It doesn't matter for me if it's in Georgia or in Spain, it will be great. Fair
3: enough. And I'm just gonna a final question for me. How do you foresee this short notice fight with uh, Charles Jordan playing out? Because as you said, that you've completely had to change your your, your game plan for, from uh, from a wrestler to a striker. How do you foresee this one playing out then?
1: So, like I say, you know, I feel like I'm that, uh, I'm the best in the world, and the best men in the world have to deal with everything. You know, that's not an excuse for me. That. Uh, my training camp was was for a wrestler now I have to fight a striker it doesn't matter. Just imagine if I see him in the street and he told me something what i 'm gonna do. No, I did my training camp for a wrestler <laughs> i 'm gonna fight him, so right now I have a fight on saturday on Saturday night and i 'm gonna smash this guy and you're all gonna see that.
3: Ilya, thank you very much for the time uh, this morning for you guys. I really do appreciate it. Take care. Hopefully the weight cut goes well, and good luck on Saturday. Thank you, my my pleasure. Thank you much. Right. Okay, Mike. Ilya Teporia, I believe what well, he's three and zero in the UFC since making his debut in October 2020. He's been on my watch list even, even kind of before he got he got to the well even before his second fight and before his fight with with Ryan Hall. What did you make of it? <laughs> him uh, in no uncertain terms uh, saying that basically F or Evaluweb, I'm not going to fight him until he gets some more wins under the, his belt? What's what's your thoughts on that?
4: I like that. Build a fight for a future. And yeah. I love the fact that he's building his personality. I love, as you know, fighters who talk with I love fighters who talk shit. And it's refreshing. I, I know that obviously English isn't this first uh all chosen language but I love the fact that he's making the effort he's going like you know I need to go the extra mile so that I can get some traction here and that's a perfect way of actually introducing more fans to him
3: yeah and what do you think of the matchup with uh, with, with Charles Jordan Charles Jordan short notice replacement I, I think he, I can't remember how long ago it was Charles Ford, but he uh, he pretty handily beat Andre Yu in his uh, in, in his last fight, and he did the the whole three hundred kick at the end. The, this is Sparta kick at the end. <laughs> Do you remember? Yeah, at the yeah, end, yeah, yeah. Fight at the final buzzer. So I think, I mean, obviously the the the, the fight with uh, Evaleev would have been a, a wrestler versus striker more uh, kind of uh, a fight. But I'm I'm looking forward to this fight with uh, with Topuria and. Uh, and Jordan. So what's your thoughts on who you pick in, who you
4: ride in with? I- I'm not going to lie. I mean, what really floats my boat a little bit more would be Adolfo Vieira and Wellington Turman. I'll tell you well, why. Ages and ages ago, we're talking about like um, nine years ago, I was doing an interview with Hodger Gracie and he said to me, look, Whatever you do, keep your eye on Adolfo Vieira as as soon as he gets into the UFC because he's going to be laying waste to people. This is one person who, not that I fear, but would give me problems in the cage. And I've been hooked and I have been transfixed on his journey. Now, okay, he's had his up and he's had his downs, but I, I have to say that is floating my boat more. That is somebody who I'm keen to see get back into action or get back in the cage and i can't wait to see Adolfo Vieira um this coming saturday
3: yeah i i can't believe that man makes the, the middleweight limit cuz he is absolutely fucking jacked he's, he's 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 a big boy he's a big man speaking of big boys in the car and i'm
4: surprised you didn't go with this michelle pereira you're a big michelle pereira fan you see you you're right you're absolutely right but if i had to choose I, I, I'm going to have to go with Hadolfo. You said one, so Hadolfo would be my man. But if you said two, yes, Michelle Pereira. Okay, fair, enough, fair and, enough. And his opponent, he's coming in from UAE UAE Warriors, right? Yeah, Andre... After slaughter. We know what's happening here. We know what's <laughs> being chewed up. This is going to be basically a human punch bag. This is going to be him showcasing, hopefully not gassing out, his athletic uh, and gymnastic ability. All right and before we go we got to talk about um
3: another barn burner that's going to be in the uh, on the card co-main event Brandon Marino versus Davison Figueiredo 3. How do you foresee this fight playing out? I mean, yeah, uh,
4: Brandon left he absolutely no doubt. He can do that twice. The way that I look at it, I mean, <clears throat> I love the fact cuz I've been watching the countdowns as well. Yeah. I've been watching the um the uh embeddeds. and uh I feel talking the, the the big talk he's talking the good talk he's giving us the good stuff that we like but i'm going with brandon moreno man yeah um i, I am and i'm not
3: gonna lie like i was watching the countdown with with my wife and when I, I don't know whether it was just the music that they had in the background or maybe the combination of that and us knowing uh brandon moreno's story obviously was cut and then the infamous speech is like one day i'll be champion maybe not t- today maybe not next year maybe not in five years or whatever yeah. I was nearly well enough during that countdown. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, "Oh my gosh, man!" I was like, "It was, it was, it was emotional." It was, it, it was, and like that, that victory was emotional, especially the the post fight interview as well, like where he was talking about uh, like um, like empowering Mexico and 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 everything. Yeah, it was powerful. It, 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 it was powerful stuff. And thank God my wife didn't see me, like, because otherwise she'd be like crying <laughs> forever. Like, I ain't crying.
4: Shit.
3: <laughs> all right, people. Uh, on that wonderful and uh, lighthearted note, that wraps up the second episode of Shots Fire this year. Hopefully, we can get G and Kairos on next week. But unfortunately, work schedules don't match up all the time. But, Mike, where can people get you? Where can people complain your uh, your picks and your <laughs> and your uh, your stances on stuff?
4: The only social I fucks with is Twitter, so you can find me at Mike Will TV. And, How about you? Where do and, people
3: find and you? Where his people? secret, his secret TikTok account at Mike
4: tv <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> No, you can find me on uh, Twitter and the Gram at chisanga underscore malata all right folks thanks very much for listening as always as always as i said if you want to comment feel free to comment us on our ads and kairos is uh well what's what's his second account name because i I remember the first one Hmm. yeah and then we've just got just gina mma all right people thanks for your time we'll catch you next week